بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم ألهمنا مراشد أمورنا وأعذنا من شرور أنفسنا My desire is to discuss, explain slightly a surah which is very short in words, very huge in meaning. It affects the rich, it affects the poor, it affects the old, it affects the young. Especially in our era of technology where the entire world has come into our palm. Where in the past if someone would come back from Hajj or Umrah, then people would fire, would go towards the house, they would visit, they would speak, what did you see, they would be amazed at his talks. But then technology changed to such an extent that now there's no need for a man to go so far. But the press of a button, the whole world comes towards him. After the world opened up with technology, one of the things that hit is what is called Facebook. And the following that rich people, wealthy people, affluent people have. And when we see those numbers and what people say to us, he got so many thousand, twenty thousand, two hundred thousand, perhaps he got two million. And whatever sentence that one individual puts in front, and all those followers, they themselves don't know what they're getting out of following him. Because he is someone big, someone powerful, someone unique, the cars that he has, the animals that he got, the houses that he got, he's a man of power, so everyone's talking about him. And when everyone is talking, then you feel shy that I don't know him, so I must also find out. And it gives me a sense of joy that I also know what he's saying at the moment. This is what is known as where Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, whenever you will see someone who has been given more of this world than you, then the world of following says, follow more. The one who got more followers means that you also click into his following. If it is a million, you are needed to make it two million. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, when your eye will fall on such a person who has been given of this world, he said, then immediately look at that person who you regard to be less privileged than you. The meaning of the narration in our terms is, don't follow. As soon as you see someone who got a following, Allah's Nabi is saying, you don't follow. You pull out immediately. You don't have to see what car he's driving, what house he's just got, where he's going for holiday. He said, you don't follow. You rather look the other direction and look at someone who's less privileged than you. He said, If you will do this, you will really see the favors of Allah upon you. With the other way around, if you don't do it, you will live in depression. The beginning of the surah is Al-Hakum At-Takathur. Al-Hakum means really it has made you lost in this world. 
It has thrown you, O man, into the highest levels of negligence. What a takathur. Takathur means the thought of getting more. Or the thought of someone who got more. Or competition. Did you see the Ferrari he pulled out? Then he says, but the other one he bought a Lamborghini. So even if you don't have any of the two cars, but just the thought of something big, Al-Hakum. In the past, how people would be thrilled with wealth, but they never ever saw an error like ours. Where the history of the wealthiest of the world has today entered into our hands. And these wealthy people can never reach where they are reaching except by them taking aid from sources and parties which are sinister, which are dirty, which are filthy, which are dark. They play the game of these groups, these shayateen, these devils. And the day they themselves say, I can't manage it anymore, I want to pull out. Imran, my brother, when I was passing Heidelberg today, I said to him that, I'm speaking about Surah Al-Hakum Al-Takathur. So he said, I can make mention of an incident, which a very wealthy person wrote after he saw this world, the world of the rich and the affluent. And on the other side, you get the world of those people who are not bothered anymore. They saw enough of the money of the world and they went behind the scenes. They went in the house of the wealthy, the bold and the beautiful. They thought that they will find the happiest and the best and the most friendly and the most comfortable. But when they went into those houses, as Allah's Nabi wasallam said, this world is a deception. The picture on the outside is not the picture on the inside. So this individual writes, he says, I am born educated in the United Kingdom, in the city of Manchester. He says, do not think that a poor person is writing this here. I am a millionaire speaking of in pounds. So in South Africa we speak of a millionaire with rands that like the rest of the world won't call us millionaires. But when you go into dollars and pounds, now that really works. He says, I am a millionaire in the issue of pounds. The word multi-million may strike a sense of awe into you. Because money does help to live a good life, to buy you the best clothing, to get the best car, to find comfort which others do not have. So he says, I do not want to pretend that money doesn't mean anything to me. If I did not have money, I would be not running this business that I am running at the moment. He says, the problem of money that I have seen in my life and I woke up to is, in my business world I meet a lot of top level executives, business people who are successful, but unfortunately they are full of themselves. They boast and they brag. They think they are superior to everyone else. High profile people at my level have an attitude problem. 
When it comes to Islam, they feel very shy of discussing Islam. They shy away from the concept of performing salah. They do not want to hear the word zakat. Due to their prestigious lifestyles, they are so focused on making more and more wealth that they do not ever want to discuss death. Death is that thing they don't want to hear. Come to the janaza, see the burial, look at how a person is going in. Allah says, The thought of yours, I need more, has put everyone into negligence. Until the time comes that you visit the grave. This verse here is so unique, until you will visit the grave. It has so many meanings. One meaning is, the day I will enter my grave, that's when my mouth will finally get full. Which Allah's Nabi said, لَوْ كَانَ لِإِبْنِ Adam, If man had to have one valley of gold, he will say, I only want one more valley. Ask him, one valley of gold, what are you going to do with so much? He said, I need one more valley. Always one. And he said, That this mouth of man, nothing will ever be able to close it. It always wants more. He says, the sand of the grave will close it. There are some people whose level of, I want more, I want more, I want more, will end when we end. Allah make it that we are not those. But we're just chasing, chasing, chasing and death then finds us. And as they're lowering him in the grave, he says, they wanted, he wanted so much of this world. And as they seeing him going in, people are crying. But how his soul is crying at that time, it's crying louder than everyone else. That the sand of the grave said, bus. Then there's a second group. Much better than the first group. When alive, they visit the grave. The first one is the worst. Their ending stops. It's like you say, a man who's speeding and he's always told, don't speed. And he said, the only thing that will stop you speeding is an accident. It can have two meanings. One is your own accident. That the day you die, now you'll stop. Then it's too late. Second one is the day you see an accident. Perhaps you were in the car or you were in the next door car and you saw that whole accident unfold in front. You saw the tears, you saw the blood, you saw the hospital. After that, that young boy says, I'll never drive fast again. He says, I saw what happened to my friend and his family. Second meaning of until you visit the grave, meaning your friend passed away. Then we come to the graveyard sometimes and as we see the sand being thrown on him. And for some people, that's that one time where they say this world doesn't mean nothing. This man as he's going in, what he had of this world doesn't matter at all. It's what he's taking inside that matters. My friend who passed away on Sunday, Sunday morning, 
he passed away in janaza in his tahajjud salah sunday was his janaza but his tahajjud was about 2 o'clock half past 2 so perhaps quarter to 3 he passed away in tahajjud what was unique about his tahajjud salah was number one i sat next to him for 20 years in the madrasa office mona ahmed mansoor 20 years i sat next to him i never knew he wakes up for tahajjud never knew i would only be amazed at his chumpels he had the oldest chumpels in the world that if someone wanted to prove were the dinosaurs in the world they could take his and they experiment on it that from when is man in the world he had that chumpels i used to tell him one day after eid he changed his chumpel everyone in the madrasa who walked past said at the office hey morana nice shoes finally he changed with that old chumpel of his he used to run the whole azad he used to run from his house i think that chumpel had no place for the legos so finished that chumpel of his was but it never affected his life he had friends that would donate to the madrasa he would make one phone call and that person would say okay i'm giving so much to the madrasa but all those friends but he could never buy his one pair of shoes because he was not bothered of so many people saw him with the chumpel to say why don't you change it but for him like as long as i can get to the madrasa it was more than worth it so i never knew he read so much tahajjud I used to see him reading Quran whenever I would go in the office he was there reading Quran after maghrib reading Quran but on holiday the whole world on holiday becomes lazy he would hardly take holiday in the madrasa we would wait for our ramadan holidays during ramadan he had to be in the madrasa so he was allowed his 21 days in the year that what you'll get in your normal business and then you get public holidays Darulum Azadwal doesn't know what public holidays means we don't know public holidays we don't know 25 December we don't know new years our holidays are completely different so public holidays we all work but because we get holidays in Ramadan he will normally be told that you see you get 21 days and because every public holiday you working if you want to you can add up your public holidays and get another maybe 12 days add it up add it up a normal worker in any place will make sure you take your holiday he if he took his holiday in the year if he took it it was 7 days it was his 7 days this holiday was like what i can remember after long because covid came i can't remember him going for the last holiday also so this was like his 7 day holiday after so long he was so like excited and going So normally when you go on holiday you go like to relax. Soon as he reached his place with his family the masjid was not near it was about about 5 kilometers. But on holiday normally you tell your family you know we here we'll make jamaat in the masjid in the house. He told everyone we will go to the masjid for all our salah. In holiday During his holiday and asr time he would sometimes tell the family you all go back now to the flat I'm staying at Al Isha. I'll come back after Isha. So sitting in one masjid during his holiday is reading Quran from Asr to Isha. Who will do that in a holiday? 
Then before that, so that night, then he read little bit late. He came quite late in the night back. In a holiday, who wakes up for tahajjud? That was the most unique thing. He was waking up for tahajjud in his holidays. But no one knew from outside. Allah wanted to expose him. So he made him pass away in his tahajjud. In holiday. If you're reading tahajjud, whether you're in holiday or at home, normally what you'll do, you'll have your night like, you might have a lungi on and just put your kurta on top of it. Then I'm going for fajr salah, I'll put on a proper trouser. When he passed away in tahajjud, in holiday, they found him with his full kurta. Normal trouser, normal kurta, he had taken his ghusl, he had put on his full kurta, he had read Quran, lot of Quran, then he started his tahajjud, and then he passed away. When he was being buried, this ayat was coming in my mind. That everyone in the world is worried about, I need more. Allah says, at least when you come to the Qabristan, you forget it. At that time, at least we realize that, you know what? Fir'aun and Haman had it all. Musa والسلام, perhaps in wealth would never match. But the world will always speak of Musa السلام, they're not going to speak about Fir'aun and Haman. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, speaking of the house of Musa salam, speaking of his own house, he says the roof is just above the hand. Meaning where you're standing and you put your hand up, now you're touching the roof. He said, the roof just above the head. You wonder how small the house was at the time when the kings had their palaces. The Sahabi radiallahu anhu saw Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam get up from the straw mat. So the marks were on his body. So he said, O Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that are we not on the truth? Are we not on the truth? He said, when the kings of Persia and Rome, they have been given the best of rooms and palaces, he said, at least allow us to build for you something of comfort. That's when Allah's Nabi sat up. He sat up. He was not worried with his Sahaba getting comfort. What made him sit up was that a comfortable life, there's no problem. But always understand that class is in simplicity. Class, meaning I need comfort because I'm weak. The man who's able to sleep on the desert floor is strong. I don't look at the man who's used to the desert life at how poor you are and how famous I am. Rather, I look at him and I say, How lucky you are that your body is strong. You are made for the hard life. Me, I am such luxury. If the mosquito bites me also, I jump. So we need comfort because we're weak. 
Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam spoke a lot about comfort. He said, Iyaka wa tana'um. He said, Oh my ummah. He said, Worry of the bite of luxury. Worry of the bite of luxury. Iyaka wa tana'um. Fa inna ibad Allah laysu bil mutana'ibin. Allah selected servants, He says, None of them ever lived lives of luxury. Allah selected servants, none of them lived lives of luxury. When ease comes to us, we enjoy it. I like a nice car, I like a nice bed, I like a nice house. But always when I look at it and I say, but the selected servants of Allah, they did without all of this. It's just that I am weak, that's why. If we start showing awe to the seer, if we start showing awe, if there was any greatness in luxury, then the Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would have had the most luxurious of lives. The desire I want the most has put the world into deception, negligence, until they finally reach the grave. Now when you saw in the grave who was going, he said, on the other side I saw the millionaire going. And on this side I saw the man who had old shoes going. The millionaire as he was being lowered in his grave, the people around were not crying for him. They were already fighting for his millions. One man was saying, I'm an accountant, I'll do his estate. Because he knows I'll take a big amount. The wife was screaming on the other side, don't make any deals at the moment. Who's the lawyer? The son was saying, where's the will immediately? If you had to go to the house that day and say, where's the Quran? Who's reading Quran? You would see only papers and papers. They're studying the estate, they're studying the will. This one is saying, this is a fraudulent signature. Other one is saying, I'm getting my lawyer. Other one says, I own the judge. And when you went to the house of the man who never owned shoes properly, you see everyone reading Quran. Then you will understand where value is. One you will see everyone is saying how lucky he was, how Allah honored him. And the other one you will say, hey, Allah save us from a death like that. You know he died when he was in the club. In the graveyard that message comes out. The billionaires also came in the grave. Billionaires. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he said, I am leaving you. In one narration he said, I will leave you with two bayans. He said, one is a speaking bayan. One is a silent lecture. Speaking lecture, he said, is Al-Quran. It will tell you the truth. The surah Al-Haqum takathur the wife, if she says to the husband that what happened to you? What happened to you? Like one husband, he said to his wife that you know, many, many years ago there was no money in the house. I had that old jalopy. There was hardly clothes. There was water coming down. We hardly had a roof. He says, but that time, you know, you were a smart 25-year-old. He says, now today I got a nice lounge, smart car, 
wonderful house, but now you 75. He says, you know, I did my part of the deal, like from where I brought what I did. Why couldn't you keep your part of the deal, like? How nice if you could be 25. So his wife said to him, no problem. You go look for another 25. And I'll make sure tomorrow you'll find again water dripping down from your roof. And you'll be in one other jalopy and there'll be no clothes for you also. Meaning go look for something young and you kicked out tomorrow. The new life comes, you'll have to accept the old auntie also with it. You want a young woman, you'll have to be back on the streets again. This world, it's a silent lecture and a talking lecture. The wife sometimes says to the husband, what is happening with you? That there was a time when we were so close, but there was no money. Then you got a top job. Then you started coming home late at night. Now you're out with your friends. Now you're going for holidays. Now you're swearing. Now I think you're taking a drug. What is wrong with you? So he'll say to his wife, shut your mouth. But when Quran speaks, Then who is going to say to Almighty Allah, keep quiet? He said, I leave one lecturer behind that talks. المقابر, oh man, will you remain in negligence until you are in the grave? Or will you remain in negligence until finally you land up by the grave? And now you see your brother going in. Now you see your sister going in. Now you see your own child going in. And then the man is crying and he says, "Ah!" You say, all your billions never helped now. He says, are you going to remain in negligence until you get to the grave? So he says, one lecturer speaks. He says, the other lecturer is a silent lecturer. He said, that is the grave. The grave got its own bayan, but it's so silent, it's deafening. The silence of the grave is, it says, the wealthiest also came in me, and the poorest also came. The one who could never stop talking is also in me. And that old auntie who used to just nut and never speak, she's also in me. Everyone who made noise in the world came in me. But my silence has never changed. Just put them down. Enter into the graveyard tomorrow and listen to its bayan. You will see so silent it is and so loud it is. So loud. Loud it is saying to you, you want to know the reality of the world? Then look at the grave. Sixty years we are on top and thereafter we down. How long we will be in this world of this grave until the call for Qiyamah? There's a lecture from the grave, there's a lecture from Quran. This individual then says, you find yourselves competing with each other. You make statements like, oh, I just sold my new building in Dubai for one million pounds. Now I'm looking to invest in Brazil. You know, that country is going to have a boom soon. That's the place. Powerful statements like this, which only creates more competition. 
says, I don't even ask the other man what business you do. But as soon as we sit, the first thing he starts. That you know, I just bought this watch. You know what the price of it is? You saw my car on the street. That's my car. I just got it there. He said, I never even asked that man. And he never even asked me. But that's the only thing we can talk about. The demand for more and more. He said, when you are living in such prestigious areas, the type of people in your neighborhood, some are full of pride that they hardly even want to talk to you. And the ones who do talk, they only are competing and showing off. The conversation is either about how much money they got, how much they have spent on a recent holiday, where they went for the holiday. It says a few weeks ago, I met one of my friends from school at the masjid after 15 years. He had a small but a good fair job. They were earning enough to maintain the house. I was very happy to meet him. We spoke in the masjid and then he said to me, You haven't met for 15 years. Why don't you come for a meal? He says, We went to the masjid car park. I needed something from my car. He said, Brother, what a smart car you got, Allah. I said to him, but let's leave my car, let's go in your car. We sat in his Honda. He said, as I'm listening to that car, I'm thinking, is it going to start? Because the rich man, that's how he behaves, like only my car. He said, it started first time. That's how the rich man talks. It had a sound engine. It was nice and clean. As soon as he started the car, the Quran recitation was heard. Because of me, he put the CD track off. I said to him, Oh my brother, please put that Quran on. So beautiful that voice is. We can talk when we reach your home. I want to listen to Quran. Meaning in his life, there was no Quran. In his life, it was music. In his life, it was CDs of whatever has to be, how to make more money. He said, when we arrived at his house, his two small children came to the door and greeted us with salam. Go into the world of the rich and the famous. You will never expect young children to come make salam to you because when you enter the house, the uncle will say, that boy is gone with his friends there and that one is gone with his friends there. Sometimes he walks in the house and he says, and my wife is gone with a friend somewhere else. And he tells the worker, you make tea for us. Sitting in such a huge house, such a huge house. But that son never found the garden sufficient for him. He needed to go out. The daughter never found the garden sufficient. When the man built it, he said, I'm building a house for my family. When we entered the house to look for the family, they all gone out of the house. The only people who benefit from the house is the ones who are cleaning it. The ones who are visiting it, as for the man, he himself is hardly in the house and the family is hardly. And whenever they do get together, they fight and argue so much that you have to join, go back in there and say, rather you go for your holiday, you go for your holiday. The longer you are separated, the better for all. He says, two children came and greeted us with salam. We went and we spoke. There was Jews, there was samosas. In the world of the wealthy, we also get samosas. But one thing we know is, 
that the auntie of the house never make the samosa. Remember that. <laughs> that house where they say homemade is something that we say like, wow. The auntie of the house never make it. What a world we entered where we became so, 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 so wealthy that all the strength went out of the body. There was the time where Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went to his friend Abu Ayyub al-Ansari radiyallahu He would always keep for Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam some milk, some meat. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was hungry on that day. He came out, he saw Abu Bakr and Umar radiyallahu anhuma. He said, hunger brought you out. I'm also hungry. I will go to my friend's house. He always has something for me. Abu Ayyub al-Ansari would keep, on that day he saw that already it's coming to the afternoon, Allah's Nabi has not come, most likely his Rosa today. So he said to his family, you can feed your family and send out. And then Nabi comes to the house. He makes salam from the outside. Someone quickly runs to tell him he's in his garden, that Allah's Nabi has come. He comes running. For me and you, when we come running, we're not going to run first, we'll phone. The wife will say, there's nothing in the freezer. Nothing in the freezer never makes sense because everything is in the freezer. That's why we see when lights go off, the first thing they worry about, how long will ESCOM take? What if my freezer stuff goes off? He came running, first sentence he said, Marhaban, welcome to the most unique of guests. Welcome to the most unique of guests. But the food he had already given it away. Immediately he got some dates and he brought it to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he said, Oh Allah's Nabi, just a while, just a while I'm going to slaughter an animal. So fast they would get the meal ready. So fast. He's going out to slaughter the animal. They are enjoying the dates. He brings the animal, they put it on the fire. So much of takalluf what we have is the marinate right, is the salt right, is the braai right. Quickly they put it on the fire and something is served. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam eats. Abu Bakr radiallahu an eats. Umar radiallahu an eats. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, look at this hunger brought us out at this time of the day. And what and what Allah has given dates and bread and meat. He says, this is what Allah has mentioned in the surah Al-Haqum Al-Takathur. That one day we're going to be questioned regarding all the favors of Allah. Abu Bakr radiallahu said, Oh Allah's Nabi, hunger brought us out. That's why we ate this. Like, are we still going to be questioned? He said, is this not the favor of Allah? It's not the favor. But when we start looking at the wealthy above, every favor we are enjoying, we forget it all. We forget that on our dastarkhan we have fruits, we have bread, we have meat. But we're not having it once a week or once a month, we're having it every day, sometimes two times. After every meal we say, where's the tea? Where's the tea means where's the biscuits? Where's the biscuits means where's the pudding? After everything is finished, the people get together to sit and start talking. First thing they say, times are very difficult. 
But we just had the best of meals. But when the eye goes high, then even the greatest favors of Allah is forgotten the next second. He says, two young boys came and made salam. He had a comfortable life, was very content. As we sat down, he started talking about Islam. He said, living in this country, United Kingdom, how important it is for me and my wife to guide our children, to give them the best upbringing in deen, to teach them salah, to teach them Quran, and how difficult it is in this country. He said he was only talking about deen. And in my other circles, the only thing they talked about was dunya. He said something to me which made my heart sink. He said, bro, meaning brother, think about it. How long do we have? We are already in our thirties. Half our life is gone. Allah alone knows how long we have. He says, I just want to do enough for my akhirah. He says, I want to do whatever I can, inshallah, to get myself into paradise, to get my family into paradise, and to get as much as the Muslim ummah to come with me into paradise. His level of humbleness made me compare my lifestyle and some of the people who I mingle with. He was not hesitant to talk about the beauty of Islam. He was so down to earth. I felt at ease with this brother. How easy going, how soft spoken, how pure of heart. And most importantly, a brother who was happy and content with what he had. We were on an entirely different playing field compared to my normal circle of associates. That day changed my life. I was away from my usual stressful life of always thinking, working long exhausting hours, meeting my usual crowd of associates who were so full of arrogance, pride, hardly interested in the year after because they were too busy competing with each other. I came home and reflected. The society I normally associate with, not all but at least 70%, they are simply chasing this world. The high class society wives, because if the husband is that, women are always one class higher than the men. Women. And that is why it is necessary that we change. And then we bring a change in our families also. Our children, we hear our children saying, you know that man, you saw his car. As we're driving, you say, look at that Ferrari, look at that Porsche. So sometimes in my travels, when I get a chance, I take my son with. And whenever I go with him, and if there's a very wealthy person, I tell him, and bring your Porsche. Bring it. I say, here's my son, he wants to go for a drive. So take him. Now when he comes back, I said, you enjoyed it. And then I allow him to enter with me into the life of this man. Because now we go. Now we sit. Now on the Dastarkhan, as this man is talking, I am telling this person, smile. 
اسماعيل لك why you only in depression اسماعيل and as I'm leaving I'm telling him at least you're smiling now carry on smiling and then as soon as I go back in the car with my son and I said how did that Ferrari not bring a smile on the man's side he had the car which means that the car doesn't make man happy happiness comes from Allah and sadness comes from Allah no car has ever brought anyone a smile and having no car ever made someone sad there were people in this world who walked every day to the masjid and until today they walk in they never saw a car in their life but when you visit them they only smiling and they are those people who have the best of this world but whenever you meet them you have to say to them just smile can't you just smile He said the high class society wives are more into hosting parties showing off their new homes simply going out on a sense spending spree with their flashy cars enter their cars and the latest bollywood songs can be heard they are obsessed with their skin complexion willing to spend hundreds per week in aging creams He says at that moment I started thinking that maybe I also am displaying the same pride and arrogance to others maybe I too am displaying the same pride and arrogance to others I am also showing off and chasing after this world He said but today I learned my lesson May Allah through his lesson let me and you all learn a lesson Shan is in simplicity Honor is in simplicity. This world when it comes, The desire to have more will carry on finishing us up until I land at the grave. Either I'll be crying because my son is in that grave or somebody else will be crying because I'll be in that grave. Before going to the graveyard, even while I'm here in this masjid, just think of the world. think of this verse that my allah has never lied alhaqum at-takathur the desire for more has put everyone in negligence kalla which means don't let it happen kalla sawfa ta'lamun because very soon you are going to learn the truth very soon means as soon as the angel comes and says it's time up again kalla the first one so alhaqum at-takathur the demand the desire the competition for more has put everyone in deception negligence until you going to reach the grave kalla let it not happen sawfa ta'lamun because very soon you going to learn the truth thumma kalla that thumma means again i am saying kalla let it not happen sawfa ta'lamun because very soon you going to learn a even bigger truth first truth is when the eye closes and we enter the grave second truth is when the eye opens again and we stand up in front of allah 
And Allah says, you are going to see it with your eyes. At that time we are all going to be convinced. But it will be so late. لَتُسْأَلُنَّ يَوْمَئِذٍ عَنِ النَّعِيمِ On that day, you will be questioned, I will be questioned regarding every gift Allah gave. And it will be said, Oh my servant, did I not give you this? How come you never appreciate it? And the answer always, why? It was you are always looking at that which you never had, somebody else had. Obviously no one will appreciate it. When the eye closes, before it closes, while alive if my eye can close to the world, I stop following. I am not a follower of whether it's Bill Gates or whether it's Elon Musk or whether it's someone who says I am a Muslim very wealthy. I stop following stars, Hollywood and Bollywood and soccer and sports. I look at my phone and I say, what do I get by being one more? When my Allah's Nabi said, if you're looking there, rather look down. And I start looking at around me the people who don't have what I got. I start making journeys into their areas. I start seeing them with their young, young children running past. Two things I learn when I mix with them. One is, honor does not lie in wealth. Because when I entered their house, when we made our visit to Sham, we entered certain houses in the month of Ramadan. The house is so small. We entered so that they can tell us that this house needs such renovations, it's falling down. We entered one house where the one part already fell down. That few animals he had all died because it fell in that room. If a child was sleeping in that room, the child would have died. Now a few days or weeks had gone and it's still lying there, all that bricks. So then the one man said that, how much it will cost to put this thing up? Like, So the person said so much. This was Jordan. In Jordan the currency is very strong. So it's very expensive just to put up one room. So he said so much. So the one person in the jamaat with us, he felt pity. Like, look, you're living in a house where your one whole room is in the ground. Like, how you live in a house like this? So he said, okay, tell him that uh, I'll put it up for him. So in Arabic, I'm telling this man that my friend, yeah, he's going to put this thing up for you. Don't worry. Like, 70,000, 80,000, but one room. So I would have thought that man would have come to hug him. But he just said, oh, okay. So I thought maybe he never understood. So I explained to him second time that my friend is going to put it up. He said, okay. So even that person now is spending 70,000. He thought at least he'll get a hug. He got no hug. No hug. So he came out and he already said, if he wanted to, he could have said, hey, take my 70 back. Like, worst person to give. So when I came out, I'm speaking to the man. And then he told me that... Uh, you know, I went in the house now to tell him that I'm sending the person tomorrow to come and now take measurements. And as soon as he said that, he said that man fell to the ground and started crying. He says, because what happened after that thing fell, a lot of influential people of that area, government people also came. And every time someone came, they told him, don't worry, we'll sort it out. 
On the first time his family got so happy but no one came. Second one, no one. Third one. So when this friend of mine said, I'll sort it out, it was like another number one. So he wasn't bothered. But when the man said that tomorrow morning, the person, he just fell. So when you're in the car, I'm telling the person, you know, he like, he really appreciated. But this was happened. The man said, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Like, where I put my money? Like, he couldn't even smile. He couldn't even smile. Then that night or the night after, one person in the Jamaat had a dream that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was inviting this person on his dastarkhan. So when he told me, I told him, tell him that, that since the Arab couldn't thank you, the leader of all the Arabs came to thank you. So on that journey, we saw a lot of unique things. But when he went into Sham, now you got a small house. Small. So when we entered the whole family of the man, his wife and his daughters, they all went in the kitchen. The kitchen must be so small that they are standing now together so they can fit in that kitchen. Just so that we can now move in the house, to see the house. So he's telling us now that you all must stay for iftar. And I'm looking at our jamaat of 10 people and I say, this man, what is going to give us? If he gives in the ending, I'm sure only he got dates, but he wants us to stay three hours. He's so happy. How can you go away? Stay for iftar. So he came out, we told him, no, we got like arrangements ready, we'll never manage his iftar. As we came out, so I'm asking him, like, how's life? So he says, fantastic life. You wonder like, what you got? So then young, young children came running from the house next door. They came running. He said, meet my children. I said, but I thought that's your house. No, he said, that's one house. This is my other house. So I said, oh, so how many wives you got? As soon as I said that, Naul Jamaat came because South Africans love the story. Wherever they can hear. They say, what you can't get, at least we like to listen to it. So they came, they all now want to hear him. So he said, I got two wives. This one, this one. So the one immediately said, how you manage? Like, now what he meant, how you manage is, don't your wives fight? This Arab thought, you mean like, you're so old, how you manage two women? So he says, power comes from Allah. <laughs> so the man says, no, I don't mean that. Like, how you manage? So he thought like, so he says, sustenance comes from Allah. Food. He says, no, like, how you got two wives, they don't fight. So he says, all women fight, man. They never said, love comes from Allah. <laughs> they all fight. So then, he said, you see my two houses. He says, Allah give me little bit more. And I'm going to put one more in the back. And finally, I'm going to complete my square. Because I got two houses, then I'll put a third house here and a fourth house. He says, when my square is completed, he says, then it's like ready. Like. I asked him, how many children you got? So I forgot now, it was a while back, but I think it was 17 children. 17 children. You just see them running out from this house they come in, that house they come in. As we're going away now, you're thinking, here yeah, we got one man. 
with such a bigger house that he can fit all four families in that one house. And here you got one man with nothing, but he got four families. When you will go in the world of the poor, you will see smiling, happy people. You will find no fights, you will find cooperation. You will find in enjoyment without having drugs. You will find help where everyone is ready to do building, to do work. There is no laziness, there is no arguments, there is no attitude. There is only love, there is only compassion, there is only aid. And when you come back, you say, I went to the poor people to give them help. The real help that was given is the help they gave to me. That I always thought this life which I'm living is the real life. When we went into them, we saw what they got is really the real life. Only we can't manage it. You'll go in the masjid, you'll see those young children. They're reading Quran a little bit. They're coming out, they're playing. They go back in the masjid, they're reading Quran. Everyone is happy. Everyone is smiling. They got their happiness with no phones, with no technology, with no internet. ESCOM will never be a nightmare to them because they don't even have lights half the time. So if you tell them, I got load shedding, they'll ask, what's that? Like? They say, no lights. They say, what's lights? They'll ask you, what's lights? Like? And still they smile. They'll say, I got no electricity for my freezer. They'll ask, what's a freezer? You say, then how do you keep your meat? And he'll show you, I dig in the ground. Until today in the world you'll find and you'll find that family is so happy, so happy. And you learn one lesson. That honor is in simplicity. If me and you have been given lot of this world, understand it to be the kindness of Allah. Because we can't manage. But if ever we fall in this lie, that luxury is honor. Then go to the graveyard and say, before I go in the grave and get my message, Rather let me get the message when I'm visiting the grave. Until you will land up by the grave. May Allah let the surah be an eye opener for all of us. In this world, because of the phone, every day we're going to just see he got a billion, he got ten billion. What's his net worth? How many cars he got? As you read that, naturally within you comes, I want to be like one place will take you away from that. That is the Quran and the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That when you will read this again, we will say, no, no, maybe I don't want to be like that. Maybe it's a lie. Maybe there's honor and happiness in something without it all. Allah Taala open up the eyes of every one of us to the reality of this world and to the reality of the coming worlds. Wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alamin.